When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears, pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Welcome back to Bruise News. We don't break the news. We're just talking about the broken news. J.D. Oliva is here with me. We're going to talk about somebody who is going to be making a WWE debut in the very near future. They've invested a lot in him, and he just won the NCAA Championships. Gable Stevenson. J.D., what is up? What's up, man? Thanks for having me back on. Talk a little amateur wrestling. It's uh, my thing, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, so so uh, I know the the championship the championships were last weekend. Uh, I saw lots of stuff about Gable and him leaving his shoes on the mat. Daniel Cormier was doing the the commentary. Uh, so you know, as far as uh, Gable and and his in his second back to back and 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 his run. Uh, I, I, from what I understand, it was a very impressive run for him. I don't think it's incredibly impressive, right? I cannot remember the last time anyone medaled in the medal, let alone gold medal in the Olympics in freestyle, and then came back and wrestled in college. Like this is, it's probably been 30 years since that's happened. And what people aren't talking about enough. Explain to people why that is hard and what the difference is. Freestyle is, is what is freestyle and Greco Roman are what's wrestled throughout the rest of the planet. In the U.S., we wrestle what we call collegiate or folk-style wrestling. It's a different skill set based on a different series of rules. So um, most Americans these days do have um, significant exposure to freestyle. It's a lot it's a lot bigger at the youth and high school and junior levels than it used to be in this country. Um, it's just what I do in my spare time is I actually – I'm i the, the Greco-National coaching staff for the country. And um, – so we we do this. We try to get these these athletes experience in the international styles. And 
Gable Stevenson has uh, he's one of the guys that came along in this new wave of of talent that's come in the last decade. In the mid 2000 from about 2000 to about 2012, we were really struggling on the freestyle scene internationally, really, really struggling, like one or two medals a year if we were lucky. Um, Zeke Jones, who's now the head coach at Arizona State, changed that. He created this RTC system where all these co- all these uh, colleges around the country have their own freestyle coaches. So every major college has its own dedicated freestyle coach, and it's it's made a humongous difference in the U.S. in general. So this is what I was trying. To, this is um this is what I was trying to say. Is Gable did the gold medal in the Olympics of the heavyweight division, and came back to wrestle in college, and that. That hasn't happened, I don't think, since the 80s. Like in Greco, it's happened a couple times. Brian and Paulson in 96, Garrett Lowney in 2000. But in freestyle, which is um, a leg attack style, which is closer to the college style, it's unheard of. Like there's such a significant difference between an NCAA All-American or national champion and a senior level medalist. It's, it's not even funny. For Gable to come back and do what he's done is unreal. And what most people have ignored is that heavyweight has five five age group world champions right like colton schultz who gable beat in the finals was Mm -hmm. a greco was a greco-roman world champion tony cassiope won the u23 world title who's from iowa he won the world u23 title this past fall mason paris from michigan has been a u23 world champion and so has uh greg kirkleet who who gable beat in the semifinals from penn state this division is so deep and Gable just absolutely owned it. And I don't know if people understand that any one of those five, any one of those four other guys in a different era would have walked through the NCAs would have have absolutely walked through it. And Gable is, is making them is, I don't want to make him look silly, but he's making, he's so significantly better than everyone else. It's scary. So when it comes to like historical ranking, like, you know, it's kind of fun to compare, you know, obviously the, the athlete is different. The training is different. Uh, the access to nutrition and all these different things uh, is much different in 2022 than it was in say the eighties. But like, you know, you're, you're a giant fan of this and and you go back uh, through record books and stuff. Where do you see him fitting on the list of, of heavyweight wrestlers? Internationally. um, He's, I'd say because he's, he's stepping down. He's just a dude. He's not going to be Bruce Baumgartner who meddled, I believe in four Olympic games, you know, that's, that's a significant chunk of his life, but Gable was significantly better than Baumgartner in college, right? Bruce Baumgartner was a one-time NCAA champion. When the NCAA put their 75th anniversary team together in 2005, uh, Kurt Angle and Carlton Helsarig were the two heavyweight representatives. Gable was a, or, you know, I'm sorry, Angle was a three-time national champion. Helsarig was a six-time national champion. He won three in Division Two, three in Division One back when that was legal. They're very different guys than what Gable was. Kurt Angle was a small heavyweight, about 220, very athletic, very much in the John Smith mold where he was out there, you know, really uh, doing a lot of leg attacks, you know, a lot of speed, which at that time in the 90s wasn't seen from heavyweights. And Carlton Helsarig didn't wrestle in high school, right? He he just would go show up to the state tournament. He went to high school with no team and he would murder everyone because he was a monster. <laughs> and then uh, he wound up playing in the NFL like yeah. Ray Carlton Hesterig. Um Gable Steelers. Yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um so he's very very different than these guys. Gable is probably the most skilled because the game has risen so high. If Angle was around today, he'd be phenomenal. Um with this level of coach cuz Gable was I've heard people say Gable's a better athlete than than Angle. I don't 
I don't think that's true, but Gable's a, a really good athlete. They're different body types. Kurt Angle's about 215, 220. Mm-hmm. Gable's about 260. So they're they're very different. But um those those are probably the four best guys that you would compare him with. I mean, because he's with he's doing something that's really common in the US is he's won his gold medal and then he's gonna move on, which is pretty much the the course that most athletes in the US have taken over the last 60 years. Like mm-hmm. the US is very different than Russia or Japan or um, any of the Soviet bloc, former Soviet bloc countries where guys just, this is what you do, right? Jordan Burroughs, who has been the U.S. flag bearer for the last decade, is the exception to the rule. And he's, cha- he's changed things. Like, guys are sticking around more than one Olympic cycle nowadays. It looks like Gable's not going to do that. But he was just talking about maybe doing it again. So who knows what's going to happen. So now let's transition to his WWE career. So do we know if he's been doing anything yet. Cause I remember initially they, they said, Oh, you know, he's going to train for his season. And then he's also going to do some training for us. Like, I didn't know how that could happen, but have you heard anything about his current pro wrestling training? I haven't, I don't, I haven't heard anything about that, but um, I imagine, I mean, Brad Reagan's is right up there in Minneapolis. So I imagine maybe he's still, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm just, guessing like uh-huh. i know that's what brock did back in the day when he got tired of ovw i know brock has been in the room with gable a few times to kind of work with him so i imagine there's been some stuff done his brother his brother i think has debuted for nxt already yeah. so i mean i imagine there's some but i mean he's coming into this super super raw and it's um it's not an enviable position to be honest with you and i don't imagine he's going to take the nxt route because they already they they drafted him to Monday Night Raw, uh, even though he wasn't a top pick for whatever reason. If he's not a top pick, I don't know why they drafted him. Uh, and, and so he's going to probably debut on the main roster. I don't know if I, I imagine he'll be at WrestleMania. We'll see him at WrestleMania. It would be pretty impactful if he kind of did something at WrestleMania, even if he's not ready. Obviously, you know, there, there's a there's a there's an acumen that that he needs to build up but uh do you i've asked you this before just about his personality about you know the sort of the bigger than life that that Vince McMahon wants from from his guys have you changed your mindset on how successful maybe that that he could be at this i think he could be as good as he wants to be at this like um he's really done a better job of showing up that personality lately like early in his run at minnesota he was definitely a bit of a heels people know what i'm talking about <laughs> um and he would antagonize fans on twitter and then the last couple of years he's really kind of turned a new leaf like he's really been come off very grateful he he comes off as a good dude but he can talk some stuff he's a phenomenal athlete he really is but then again he's also 21 years old like i don't he's leaving college in a time when everyone gets an extra year because of the COVID. so yeah. he could have another year of wrestling if he wanted to, there were three guys wrestling last weekend that were 25 years old. Wow. There were three guys that were become the first ever five time all Americans in college. Like he's so young. And when I say that, I mean, he's 21. Like he, like he just talked about maybe coming back for another Olympic run. He's, if you follow him on Twitter, he'll flirt with the idea all time of fighting in MMA. Like he, he's talked about maybe playing for the Vikings. You know, he sounds like a kid. You know, which is kind of what he is. He's only 21 years old. I I don't personally, he doesn't strike me as someone who really loves this, right? 
And like, which is fine, because that's how that's where guys came from in the 60s and 70s, right? They mm-hmm. all came from football. So there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, there's so many more options for right. guys now. I don't I don't know how this is gonna work, to be honest with you. Okay, so there I saw there was another comment where he said he's also interested in MMA in in the UFC. Now he knows that he's signed with WWE. That's his first priority, but he mentioned doing a Brock Lesnar and possibly starting in wrestling, then crossing over to MMA. Now that seems really hard in today's day and age. Cause when Brock did it, you know, he, he's, he was such an athletic Marvel that he, he was able to, to use his strength and his speed to win some of those fights. I don't think anybody would ever say Brock Lesnar was a great mixed martial artist. So the level of mixed martial arts since Brock debuted has risen. And so Gable would be coming into a sport where, yeah, the great athlete piece of it maybe isn't as easy to to utilize and overtake some of these more skilled guys these days. The problem with being an Olympic gold medalist is people are looking to cash in on you immediately and put you into positions long before you're ready for them. I think that uh, if Gable were to leave WWE, he would get a fight pretty big, pretty right, yep. much right out of the gate way yep. before he's ready for it. And I think that could expose him. I mean, we've seen I mean, a guy like Aaron Pico who was prob who was poised to become one of the best you know, wrestlers in his weight class who just, you know, left and decided he was going to do the MMA thing and was probably pushed way before Bellator way before he was ready, you know, and I, I'd hate to see that with, with Gable Steveson, but at the same time, I think that's what would happen. I do think if he wants to fight, I do think it's a mistake. I do think he should be fighting because that's a, you can, it's easy. I think I'm, I'm not done either, so I can't say it's easier to go from one to the other, but it sure seems like I would, you would be, you would, you'd be in a better position to fight if you spent time learning how to fight now. So again, he come, he really strikes me as a kid when he talks about these things, he wants to conquer mm-hmm. the world, which is nothing wrong with that. That's what being a 21 is all about. But I don't know if he really, really gets what this whole thing is going to be, especially the WWE in 2022 is a lot different than it was in 2005 or six, whenever Brock left. So mm-hmm. same with UFC, I mean, these are completely different worlds. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I I hope I hope he's making the right calls, but it's going to be interesting. So he's obviously got guys like Brock, like Paul Heyman, like Daniel Cormier, who he can turn to, who he could get advice from. What is the coat? What is the the coat? The college coach's role in this? I imagine he's got a good relationship with his coach. He's been the ace guy forever. Like, does the coach is is, is he? passing him off to other guys to to get this advice from or is he at the same time kind of helping gable manage through these waters like what is the what is the job uh, of the coach there brandon Egum has been the guy at minnesota for a long time he was an assistant coach before jay robinson stepped down um so he's been in that system forever like i think i think brandon Egum and brock were teammates back at the U and in, in the late two, in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. So um, the Stevens moved to Minnesota. They're from Indiana. They moved to Minnesota to wrestle for Apple Valley, which at the time was the best school in Minnesota. So they could go to many, so they could go to Minnesota. So they have, and I think dad wrestled for Minnesota too. So, I mean, like they've been part of this system forever. Right. So Egum is going to watch after his guy, but at the same time, I think he probably trusts Brock. Right. They've known each other for 20 plus years. Yeah. So I think that they're comfortable handing them off. And there's, 
you know, I mean, uh, you know, Chad Gable's not from is from just down the road in St. Michael Albertville. So I mean, like, there's there's a lot of ties, you know, from you know Minnesota and into the pro wrestling world, and there's a lot of there's a lot of good people that are associated with that Minnesota Pro, Golden Gopher program that are going to be looking out for Gable and trying to do but what's right by him. But you know, the big money and this seems to be he seems to want the stardom and the fame. So I mean, right coach gets him ready i mean he's been under a spot like gable came up in an era when high school kids had wrestling and specifically has had more spotlight than they've ever had before and college kids have more spotlight than they've ever had before the ncaa just announced what their ratings were for the uh for the finals and we they we beat nxt so i mean like <laughs> for for amateur wrestling that's real big so i mean and he's the star he's been the star of the show him and the Penn state team. There were the two big narratives coming out. So he's been under a microscope forever. I think he's ready for it. I mean, they got him as, they got him as ready as possible. So uh, you mentioned the the ratings they also were able to have a full house for the first time in a couple of years, right? Yeah. Well this, they usually do really well selling tickets and always yeah. have like um, it's always a tough ticket to get is NCAs, NCA tickets. Uh, last year was the COVID thing and it was weird. It was, I didn't get to go cause you know, the COVID thing. And from what I was told by my friends, it was pretty cavernous in there. And this year it was, it was back to normal. It was packed the year gate, the year Minnesota hosted it. It was going to be huge. I think it was going to be in the dome up there, whatever they're calling the dome up there now. And it was, it would have been enormous. So we didn't quite get to that, but things were back to normal. Uh, okay, so last thing, Gable Steveson is not the only collegiate wrestler who's got charisma and who's, you know, who's a badass. Who else should be on WWE's radar and maybe already is on WWE's radar and could follow him to the to the big uh, world wrestling entertainment? Well, the the obvious answer is AJ Ferrari from Oklahoma State. That's the guy who signed. What people, what I haven't heard enough people in our circles talking about is AJ had a horrific car accident yes. earlier this year, and um, he's looking at the wreck. I'm, I'm amazed he walked away from. It. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. It, I'm amazed he survived, quite frankly. Uh, it was very irresponsible driving. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, a John Smith, his coach, the head coach of Oklahoma State, gave an interview just yesterday where they asked him how AJ was doing. And and Coach Smith's a straight shooter. And he said, you know, we're in a, we're in a critical spot right now where AJ's got a the next couple of months can be very important. So nobody's really heard much from AJ. was kind of spouting off on Twitter because, uh, you know, he wants that match with Max Dean from Penn State, who just won NCAs. And that's going to be that's going to be one of the matches to watch a year down the line. But I mean, mm-hmm. physically, I don't know. I don't know where he's at right now. And, and there's not a lot of people talking a lot about it. I mean, it went from, oh, yeah, he'll be OK. He'll be fine to to not a lot of people saying much. I mean, that's so that's kind of their golden child wrestlers other than Gable. Right. Um I think Joe Spivak from Northwestern, a football player, is someone who I think is going to have a, a tremendous amount of success with this whole thing. He's got a big personality. He's going to be very, very successful. The Cavender girls from Fresno, they're going to do they're going to do really well. I'm very interested to see what they can come up with in the future with these next this next wave of guys. Um, we don't have a lot of big brash personalities in amateur wrestling there's not as many as there could be because for so many years, like we kind of, not me, but I mean, the, the culture has kind of coached it down and that's been, that's been changing a lot. Like I would love to see a guy like a Tony Cassiope from Iowa, get a look. I think he'd be good for that environment. Like there's, there's a handful out there, but you know, uh, you know, the, it, the sport right now is being dominated by Kale Sanderson and, and the Penn state guys. And they're just so, they're so humble and they talk about being grateful for everything. And they're not, 
brash. They're not showboaty. You know, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Like AJ really sticks out in this group, and for his sake, I, I hope or I hope he's able to kind of pull himself back together. Yeah, that that's uh, you know, you mentioned Gable being sort of young and twenty one, and it you know that there's. <laughs> Imagine being sort of on top of the world and being that young and thinking, oh, you know, rules don't don't really matter for me. So I, I very much, like you said, hope that he he uh, you know he he completes his recovery because you've been mentioning him to me and mm-hmm. to other folks as as a possible person with a lot of charisma. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the guy right now, other than other than Gable, and I I don't honestly I don't know who else that would be other than those guys at the moment. All right, so uh, JD. You and Mike Gilbert do a brace for impact on the fight game media network. Uh, you guys cover impact wrestling's television show from Thursday night. Uh, uh, so you guys record pretty much after that show is done. And on the free feed, uh, you get that review. And then on the Patreon, uh, you guys do a little bit more. You add, you know, 30 more minutes of content just covering the wrestling industry and other stuff that you guys find interesting to talk about. So anything, uh, what's on the radar for tonight? Well, tonight we're going to talk about impact. I I actually haven't gone over the card yet because I just got off work. So, um, Mike and I really talk about the show and we, you know, we kind of have fun. Like we're not a, we're not a super serious podcast. We, we poke fun at the show when it deserves to be poked fun at and you know we praise it when it's really good and it's been really good for the last three four months impact is on a it's having a really good 2022 and it's been it's been really fun to cover they got a mania show coming up that or mania weekend show i should say coming up the multiverse of matches that um cute title but uh a lot of the mat like we were discussing it in our, our brace for impact um uh, Twitter direct message group where none of these matches make sense to the uh, direction of the company right now. So is this in storyline in continuity, yeah. if you will? I don't, I don't know. I said, I, I hope there's some answers. Cause I, I need a, you know, I'm for being a big, you know, jockish guy. Like I, I kind of need a storyline to go along with my pro wrestling matches or else Yo, you're, you're a writer, man. I, yeah. I am a writer. That is my number one thing. Yes. But I mean, like I, I need a reason to watch pro wrestling. I need a storyline. If I want to go just watch athletes, I'll go watch amateur wrestling. It's, yeah. you know, better matches there quite yeah. frankly. So, I mean, like I want to see what's going on with the storyline. And that's, I think that's kind of got to be what the, uh, what the show this week is going to be about is what's, what's going on with this mania weekend show. And then right. uh, we'll cover the actual show and what happens this week. All right. Thank you, JD, for uh, jumping on here. Glad we were able to talk about Gable. And uh, I don't know. I kind of have a feeling they're going to do something at WrestleMania. It'd be, oh, yeah. It's the biggest opportunity for him to make a, a good impact. So Dave had a good idea about him doing something with almost right away. I yeah. think that'd be a great way to debut him. I, th- I love that when I heard that. They need to run an angle with him because you got to strike where the iron's hot with this guy. He is an NCAA champion and a gold medalist. He's had an unbelievable six months. Yeah. So you got to, you got to, if you're going to pay this guy the money, you got to do something with him right away. NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. 
What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Uh, thank you, JD. We are going to bring on our next guest here, and that is going to be Chris Samsa, the New Japan stats guy. Uh, we're going to talk about New Japan Cup, so let's bring Chris on right now. Chris, what is up? Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Back back talking New Japan with my favorite man, Garrett. I'm stoked. <laughs> I, I love... I love the office. It looks like you're back recording music. I'm up to stuff. You you, you getting the band back together? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. We're basically the Blues Brothers, just getting the band back together. No, we're doing a little charity thing. So, oh, um, very cool. Yeah, something came up, and uh, an old fan reached out um, for for a charitable event, and it's been really fun to get some guys back together playing music after. 12 years or so. So wow. that's my other side hustle, I guess. So I, I now have two. So, cause this may continue now cause it's been a lot of fun. So, but yeah, uh, the office is set up for, um, not pro wrestling right now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. All I really need for the pro wrestling is the computer. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about some new Japan cup. Now I'm going to be honest and you know this, but I didn't pick up the new Japan cup until we got into the quarterfinals. I was like a couple, the last, and actually last year wasn't, was okay. But the previous couple years, like I was like so dedicated and we were doing like March Madness brackets and I was like, oh, let's do it. And then there's like all these, this wacky booking and like weird stuff happens. And I'm like, ah, it didn't feel that interesting to me, but would you like, how would you rate this year's cup? Because all the best guys were, were available, you know, in, in the quarterfinals, like I thought the quarterfinals matchups were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So this year, probably for the first time ever, really, we've saw no upsets. I mean, very few upsets or, or things that you can consider upsets leading up to the quarterfinals. So all the heavy hitters were still in, right? So the quarterfinals were Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi versus Hiromu Takahashi, Tetsuya Naito versus Jeff Cobb. And Okada, Kazuchika Okada versus Shima. And Shima is probably the most interesting name of that group yeah. in the sense of who made it that far or who is kind of involved in this kind of elite eight of New Japan. But normally you see some hype build for this tournament in the first couple of rounds because there's some sort of big upset. Right. And we didn't see that at all this year. It was very chalk um, headed into the quarters and even and then once you're into the quarters is anything really an upset at that point right i mean i guess the only one that was possibly an upset right you've got okada and shima or if hiromu as a junior is gonna go past shingo so that's why i think the quarterfinals looked so good is because no one none of these guys got knocked out yeah so that's to me if you haven't been paying attention and i think you and i even talked about this a little bit in the group like it's okay to just jump in at the quarters because yeah. these are the guys you want to see and you know the the then the shows are really palatable with just a couple of tournament matches to keep up on or you wait until the round is over and you watch all four um 
so yeah, I mean, a really kind of exciting point to jump in. Now, certainly there were things worth watching prior. There's a lot of Bullet Club action mm-hmm. um, in the first couple of rounds where like that story is really starting to heat up. They may maybe there's something that they can finally do with that. But really, when it came down to the matches, a the wrestling quality is fantastic. That's New Japan's thing, right? But um, when it comes down to it, if you're jumping in, you still got a couple days if you want to go back to the yep. quarters, right? And just watch those four matches. And honestly, Kevin Kelly and, and the gang, myself included, I guess, they do a great job of uh, catching you up on how we got here. So, And that, that would be the case if you jump in this weekend, too. What, what was the best match of the first two rounds, in your opinion? I mean, Shingo and Ishii on March 7th was just like, it was one of the best versions of those two guys fighting, right? So if you're familiar with Shingo Takagi and, and Tomohiro Ishii, you can picture their matches and you've probably seen one of their matches, but it, this was without a doubt, one of the best versions of that match that could happen. And, and that was in the first round. Um, and that was fabulous. And then besides that, I think running through the two big Hiromu matches. So Hiromu versus Minoru Suzuki was was violent, um, <laughs> to say the least. And and Hiromu moved on, which is also an interesting kind of plot point. Right. And then you've got Hiromu versus Evil in the first Cork and Hall crowd over a thousand in over two years. So like they finally could do almost full capacity Cork and Hall, and. I wouldn't say the crowd ignored the cheering restrictions that are in place in Japan, but they were um, louder than you would expect from a Japanese pro wrestling crowd right now. So, and so it was kind of a hot, it was, it was a new version of a hot Corican mm-hmm. and um, evil is the guy that I think has turned a lot of people off from yeah. New Japan in, in certain ways. But now we're getting into the cycle where, everyone's really worried that evil's going to win something and somebody <laughs> cool knocks him out in right. almost every tournament. Right. So I think it was Cobb in the G one and now Hiromu in um, the new Japan cup. So we are starting to see a little bit of the payoff of some of those frustrations, um, whether or not that's good or bad that we've gotten to this point. But I mean, someone's got to have some heat, right? So uh, that was a fabulous match to watch. Really fun. Good to see japan on the way to full cheering crowds too yeah even though we we're not quite there but the confidence i think is there that it's it's gonna that's how it's gonna be going forward very soon now i don't know if you've heard but there is a little bit of a worry about another variant that you know is, is related it's an omicron variant and it could be even you know crazier than than the omicron uh, that that we were dealing with I can't imagine like in Japan, like them just going like, you know, like we do in the U S which is oh, everything's fine. Everyone, everything back to normal. Like my gym was so excited to to take the mask mandate off. And I was like, oh, I think I'm going to keep mine on for a little while, but Japan is so much more conservative when it comes to this. Like I can't imagine them just going like, okay, we're going to open things back up knowing that there are all these variants that have to be studied before you can really make that, you know, make that call. Yeah. So, I mean, the unique thing about Japan is that people actually follow rules um, <laughs> a lot, at least. I, I don't think that's that's 100% true, obviously, but we've seen it in, in pro wrestling crowds and in other sports crowds. Um, 
the the rules are followed the masks are on correctly the whole the whole shot right yeah so i i but i do know what i know is that there's a ton of pressure on the japanese government to allow entertainment to begin again and i know that through pro wrestling and i know that through the music industry so mm-hmm. the people that i know in the in the music industry are under the impression that by summer people will be able to travel in and out freely and they'll be able to have concerts and festivals and things of the sort. And there's, I know, I know a handful of people both on, on both sides of that equation that are already booked to go to Japan um, that would not have been able to say six months ago. So I, I don't know what that means for like cheering though. Yeah. Right. So that, and that's the thing that I think affects the pro wrestling product more than anything. You could fill up these buildings with as many people as you want, but if they can't cheer, does it really feel like a full building? Right. 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 So that's what we're running into. I'm very curious to see what the um, attendance is like this weekend as they're in Osaka Mm -hmm. and Osaka in Osaka, Joe hall, even the most beautiful venue in pro wrestling. Um, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how many people they fill in, how they follow the rules. Cause Osaka has been a really good crowd for new Japan throughout this entire pandemic. It's been kind of the place that you feel most at home. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, but there is a lot of confidence in the people that I know that we're headed in the right direction. That variant be damned, I think, but I, I think Japan would be the first con- country to step back um as opposed to um power forward like right, kind right, of the right. u.s does right yeah yeah uh, okay so let's talk about uh the quarterfinals matchups i am un i cannot i cannot be unbiased about jeff cobb sure and so when i looked at what the possibilities in my head i created this pathway for him to get to the finals and to beat okada because then that creates he he's a you know he's a contender now for that title and then he could even lose in the, in the finals but that did not happen because naito beat him and so we're going to get naito and okada again after uh having that as uh the main event match of, of the last big show uh what did you what do you think about the way that they did that uh, and what was your expectation in the booking? Because when when we did your brackets, I think you had a lot of Jeff Cobb to the finals yep. uh, people in there. I think I was one of them. So, yeah, Jeff had the Jeff was the favorite among among pickums. So thirty two percent of people picked Jeff Cobb, and um, that's I think almost twice the next the next highest, which I think was Shingo at sixteen percent. So, um, I if I were going back in time and thinking I didn't actually do a bracket because I, you know, too much. I, I, <laughs> I know too much. I apparently know too much. Um, I didn't do a bracket, but if I, I saw all those Jeff Cobb brackets and they made sense, right? Mm-hmm. So Cobb could have had one of the best runs through this tournament and some wonderful wins. And even if he didn't win the tournament, then right. If he lost in the final or, or whatever it may be, he'd still have these big wins. And that seems to be where Cobb lives right now in this like win a bunch of matches have a great tournament is a powerhouse but ne- doesn't quite finish the job just yet right i think he'll finish the job with a babyface turn at some point mm. and i think that's i think that's the long game for cobb and but they could also just heat him up as a big bruiser yeah. and put him in any situation like they did with okada all last year so but that that didn't happen right we saw naito go through and 
I don't know if anyone thought Naito was going to go this far, but now that I look at it, it makes sense because he didn't get a G1 run because mm-hmm. he was eliminated and then injured. Um, well, he was in- injured, which then eliminated him with a bunch of right. forfeits. So w- maybe we should have seen this coming, except I didn't see him getting another. I didn't see them doing another Okada Naito match in the semifinals of the New Japan Cup. Like that match seems so big. Right. And and to bounce it back so quickly. But I think there's something. I don't know that Naito was supposed to be the guy in February. I think that was penciled for Ibushi. Mm-hmm. And Ibushi's just clearly not physically ready yet. So do we have up? Do we have you heard anything latest on him? So no. I know that he's training. So that's that's as far as I know. So he's to the point where he, I guess he's he's working on his conditioning. Um but that dude had a year last year, so he's he's got a he's gonna have to work himself back because I think he was still working himself back from being ill um, at, during the G one. So and I don't know that we ever got to full strength. So he's got a lot to work himself back to, but he's also got to come back at a big spot because he's a big guy. Yeah. So and that does kind of play into the final four here because you've got Okada, Naito, Zack Saber Jr., Shingo. Any of those guys could win, but what happens if Okada wins? Yeah. Right? Because this whole thing is supposed to set up a title challenger. Then he calls a shot, right? You would think. that Nobody ever really says that, but everyone always assumes it. So, yeah. So then Okada calls a shot, and if it's Ibushi, right? Oh, the crowd goes wild, right? Like that's, <laughs> I mean, that, that's really what would happen, because yeah. Ibushi would then come out and hopefully then have a great match and show that he's totally ready. So... That's my bet if Okada wins. Um, but I think the final that we're going to get, if you want me to go there. Yeah. Go I think I think the final that we're going to get, and I just kind of, this just clicked with me while you and JD were talking. I was just like kind of scratching out some notes. The final we're going to get is Zack Sabre Jr. versus Naito. Because Zack Sabre Jr. injured Naito in the first match of the G1 mm. in Osaka, which is go. now where this weekend is where the finals are they're in osaka Joe hall so in in the perfect world of new japan classic booking that's that's the match um and naito gets his win back over okada but doesn't have to take the belt off of him so can we talk about zach saber jr and will osprey mm. uh you know I, I i i we watch so much wrestling and I don't write anything down, and I, I just look, watch a match, and I go, oh, that was a great match. Oh, that was a great match. Oh, that was a great match. Yeah. And so, like, because we have so many great matches these days, they just kind of all blur together. And so I can look at, I can watch that and go, wow, this is one of my favorite matches this year, though I've probably said that 10 times already, and it's only March, right? So what did you think about the match and then also the finish where Osprey uh, taps, the referee quickly ends the match, and for the next 10 minutes, Osprey and Jeff Cobb are, are saying that he didn't tap mm-hmm. uh, as a way to get Zach to uh, the semifinals. So, I mean, you could put Zach Saber Jr. and Will Osprey in the ring together as many times as you want, and they're going to figure out some creative way to get to where they need to go. And because those guys are two of the best in the industry, and I think that they play off each other because they are different. They're very, very different wrestlers, but I think they have this immense respect for each other and the things that they cannot do themselves that the other person can do. And, you know, that, that match on paper will always be one of the, one of the best matches of this generation, no matter Mm -hmm. where you put it. And and it's going to end up on people's that 
particular match is going to end up on people's top 10 lists from the quarterfinals of the new Japan cup yeah. in a, in a small building, you know, like not any big, huge main event, you know, of the Tokyo dome or Osaka Joe hall or whatever. Right. Like, but that's, you know, those guys can blow up your call in for ref pro and, and, and people will pay attention to it. So yeah. it, as for the finish, right. So the finish played, I think a little bit played off of the Sonata finish mm-hmm. where will or well i i'm not gonna blame anybody right sonata got injured during the right. match he broke his orbital bone and was maybe knocked out no one's really sure and then you know they had to they had to run a um a referee stoppage so with red shoes right red shoes yeah. then is the referee of the Zack Sabre Jr. Will Osprey match and Red Shoes took forever to do the referee stoppage because I think it was off script, right? So yeah, we didn't yeah. know where we were going and it was really awkward. And then now Red Shoes is in the ring and he calls Will tapping really quickly. Yeah. So I don't know. Are we going to like a Hebner, you know, whatever <laughs> thing going on? I don't know. Or is this a big callback? Is this <laughs> is this some more Western influence into our into our precious New Japan? <laughs> I mean, maybe, but it worked, right? So I like, but I like that Will tapped one way or another. I like that it was a submission that they didn't have to like work in some funky pin because tapping in New Japan is still a big deal. If you yeah. being a submission artist like Zack Sabre Jr the person with the most submissions in new Japan cup history. Um, if, if you're him like to win, that's how you win. So he doesn't really have an impact finisher. So you got to tap, but with someone like will who clearly is protected in the booking, you got to make something out of it. So they've made something out of it and we'll see where that goes. Maybe a, a future, another great Zack Sabre jr. Will Ospreay match. All right. So Jeremy, uh, Finestone wanted me to, uh, mention his prediction. So here's his prediction. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. wins the cup, challenges Okada, loses in a brilliant match, and then he comes to the States for a tour uh, either before or after the G1. Could we see Zack Sabre Jr. in AEW or, or New Japan Strong and, and, and come over here for a little while? I would love it. I think... We know that there's someone in AEW that really wants to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. Um, yes, yes. Brian Danielson, right? Yes. So that, and there's a great new group in AEW that I think Zack could, um, could mm-hmm. fit in pretty well with, right? Yes. Um, let's not forget that in early 2020, Zack was about to fight John Moxley. So is that an avenue to get there? Maybe, right? Like... Um, I'm sure that's a match that they want to run back too, but yeah. So Zach was holding on to the U S championship, um, like while Moxley was knocked out after the Suzuki match and all that. So, um, there was something in the works there when, when Moxley called Zach a human Udon noodle and, you know, (laughs) another great Moxley line. Right. So Zach is a guy that I think should come to the States. Uh, like his pal Minoru Suzuki, he could just have a great run through the indies and a couple of hot shots on either Impact or AEW and run a big angle. And maybe that'll carry over. Maybe finally we'll see something carry over into Japan um, because I know that those two guys, Moxley and, and Danielson, are both on the radar for uh, a trip, another trip to Japan. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, Zach is a Zach's huge in the States, right? People love his promos, they love his style. Obviously, he's got matchups galore that that could happen here. 
Um, so I think he's definitely a candidate to make his way over to the U.S. and and do something interesting. So yeah, I would I would love to see that. But I think Jeremy's probably maybe in line with what's going to happen mm-hmm. in regards to at least the tournament. If I had to bet, um, maybe if he's facing Okada, I don't think he's going to face Okada in the final. But he would. I don't. I don't know that Zach's ready for the big belt yet. And. Mm-hmm. They also put the belt on Shingo last year. So <laughs> like maybe that's all out the window with this new belt, right? Where these yeah. guys can actually, some of these guys that are kind of outsiders, quote unquote outsiders, they can actually win. So, so I think that's so helpful. Justin Nipper, this for the podcast, the audio podcast listeners, Just Justin Nipper said, uh, Zach is in Suzuki Goon and uh, Brian had the bout with Suzuki last year. Mox has history with him too. Blackpool Combat Club, Suzuki Goon Connection, Rivalry. So, yeah, lots of creative stuff that you could do uh, with those two companies. Okay, so um, are you are you going to go to the uh, Moxley-Osprey match? I will be in attendance in Chicago, of course, yes. That's going to be... Yeah, that's, that's going to be, be fun. I was fun. so surprised that they're actually going with that match. I think I said that in, in the group, too. Like, because that show was sold out before they announced that match. And that match is huge. Yeah. I mean, that, that match is, that's a big, big, big time matchup. So, I mean, Chicago is the right city to run it in. Uh, yeah. I have no bias there at all, but um, I mean, we're going to have a good time that night. It's going to be a good show. Uh, all right. Last things here, which is uh, for the people who want to catch the semis and the finals, uh, as far as U.S. viewers, what what times are we looking at here? Oh, that's oh, you know, okay. <laughs> we didn't. Uh, we didn't, didn't we, prep you for that. Yeah, one. you didn't prep me for this. I can. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Okay, so we're at uh, four p.m. Japan time, which is two a.m. Central for Saturday night. So that's Wait, like sorry, eleven Friday night. So Saturday Saturday morning, really, uh, which would be midnight Pacific. Okay. Is that how that works? Yeah. Wait. Or 11? Two hours. Two. Okay. Midnight. Okay. Yeah. So mid four. Yeah. Now, is this Friday night turning into Saturday morning or is this Saturday night? Okay. Okay. Friday night turning into Saturday morning, 4 p.m. Japan time, which is 2 p.m. Chicago time, which, or sorry, 2 a.m. Chicago time, which is midnight your time. Okay. The next night, the finals, um, Saturday night into Sunday morning is 2 p.m japan standard time which would be midnight central so earlier for and us. 10 p.m on the on your coast or out right. there yeah so not bad start times i i got a thing uh saturday night so i'm probably just <laughs> staying up and i'm just gonna watch it um i might not even be home by then to be honest so wow. for, the, for the beginning of it midnight eh, i don't know it's a rock show yeah so we'll see but yeah so Easy start times. When it comes down to it, these are the shows to tap into, too. Like I said, Osaka Joe Hall is one of the most beautiful uh, pro wrestling venues on the planet. And two nights there with some really killer matchups. I mean, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shingo. Like, let's not let's not write off Shingo either. Like, these are going to be really, really fun matches. And then, you know, honestly, the undercard will get you caught up on what else is going on. All right. Thank you for jumping on and catching us all up. Uh, so you are at the Chris Samsa on Twitter. Is there anything else you want to uh, mention to the folks? Just uh sport wrestling.com for anything I'm up to, but yeah, Twitter's a, a good spot too. So thanks for having me. Chris It was awesome. Always love talking to you. I, I always say this, but we don't do it enough. And 
uh, I'm sure we'll talk again come G1 time and, you know, just a bunch of bunch of cool stuff happening. Like, I think a lot of people kind of turned away from New Japan a little bit uh, over the last year. But uh, it, it, it's I, I'm I'm not one of them. I still followed. I maybe didn't watch as much, but I think it's, you know, it, it's it's turning. It's turning again. And there's some really good stuff happening. Yeah, I think we're on the path to um to a big comeback from new japan and i think that having the traditional calendar in place will be helpful too yeah because um that big gap in the summer for the g1 kind of between aew's big shows i think it's going to be really helpful yeah yeah all right chris thanks again and uh, check chris out uh, at the chris samsa on twitter all right last guest here he's usually my co-host but we're saving him for the end he is Paul Fontaine. Paul, how are you? Oh, I think you're muted, Paul. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I, well, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm doing okay. Um, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this Colby and Jorge Masvidal story. Yeah, yeah, from the uh, sublime to the ridiculous. So <laughs> if we are to believe Colby's police report, Masvidal basically sucker punched him. Is that is that what we are to believe? Yeah, I mean, I you can say that, and I guess and technically it's true. Uh, I mean, he's not without fault, <laughs> uh, as most people know. Uh, Colby egged him on. Colby's walking around with a King of Miami belt. He's living the gimmick, and uh, you know, and uh, Masvidal told him, you know, like I mean, I think everybody knows. You know, in an MMA fight, Colby Covington's going to win because he's got more skills for an MMA fight. But 100%. in an actual street fight, you know, you know, and if you with street fighting rules, Jorge might kill him, like legitimately. Um, so, <laughs> you know, this is what uh, happened. You know how um, Moxley describes what you know, he, when 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 I talk to him about the Covington fight, he uses a, a term which I will I will not say completely wrestle basic wrestle F yeah. yeah yeah Colby's just going to wrestle F him yeah and so I mean which is what he did but you're but yeah street fights much different so you know when I, I was thinking about like what are some of the biggest uh street fights in you know in in boxing and, and, and MMA because the one that I originally thought about was Mike Tyson and Mitch blood green mm-hmm. so as the story goes, uh, Mike Tyson and, and Mitch Green fought, uh, I think, in 1986. In 1988, uh, Mitch Green saw Tyson in, in New York somewhere, and he went up to Tyson and said, look, you know, Don King still owes me money. And it ended up uh, having a fight. And Tyson uh, shuts uh, Green's left eye, opens up a cut. So they actually got in a physical fight. Tyson was the heavyweight champion of the world at this point. His next fight, which was going to be against Frank Bruno, had to be pushed back because he messed up his hand. So, like, when I, when you know, when you think of something like this, it is a fighting sport. Mm-hmm. These guys do not like each other, so the beef was real. And then when it's worked up and worked up and worked up, and it becomes. Uh, a shoot fight even in the streets this happens but it just it's like I know a lot of people like oh Masvidal's so stupid Masvidal's so stupid and I'm like (laughs) I'm like yes in the the court of 
law. He is he's very dumb for doing this, but he's a his job is to punch this guy in the face, and he didn't get the job done. So he's very mad that he didn't get the job done. And this guy's testing his man. So it doesn't surprise me that it actually I'm actually more surprised that this stuff doesn't happen more in the public. Like, and I also feel like if this was Nick or Nate Diaz, they'd be <laughs> they'd sort of go, ah, that's just the Diaz brothers being the Diaz brothers. Um, but uh yeah, people seem to be pretty frustrated with Masvidal here, even knowing that. Colby Covington is the real heel in this situation. Well, the big one, you know, and maybe more relevant to what we're talking about than the um, uh, than the Mike Tyson one was Lee Murray and Tito Ortiz, um, which you know was ended up, you know, they had a street fight, and according to Matt Hughes, Lee Murray knocked him out. Uh, but, um, you know, and then they had a fight, and the uh, and then you know Tito won the fight because Tito is a much better. MMA, you know, uh, fighter, quote unquote, um, you know, practitioner, um, then, you know, a street fighter and Lee Murray is just a bad dude. Um, so, you know, it's, yeah, this is what happens and yeah, you're right. It's, it's amazing that it doesn't happen more often. Um, and really like Colby, I don't want to say somebody deserves to get punched in the face, but Colby was asking for it. I mean, he, there's a line you don't cross. And he was crossing it with talking about people's kids and, you know, and, and some of the stuff he was, you know, street Jesus and, and all this stuff. Like, you know, if, if, if Cole, if Jorge had no repercussions at all, like he probably would have done a lot worse. And as it is, you know, I guess I, I thought originally, I'd, I thought I saw a report saying he got charged, but I don't think he actually did get, charged. I saw him. He was handcuffed and he was, yeah, uh, yeah. He was brought in, but I don't think they, I think they released him without. Charge. Oh, okay. Okay. So, got it. Got it. Um, I could be wrong about that. And if anybody watching wants to correct me, they can, but um, yeah. So, this was coming and, you know, and I think they both said, especially Jorge, like this ain't over, you know, like, you know, even though you beat me, like, you know, we're going to meet someday and it may not be in an octagon. <laughs> and here we are. Um, and if it leads to a rematch, you know, it's easy money for Colby. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure Jorge would has a puncher's chance. So you never know. There's not a ton interesting out there for either one of them right now, actually. Yeah, and and you know what? That's what's unfortunate, and this is just part of the game. It's part of the business of prize fighting, which is a lot of times when you're at your peak, how how good of a fighter you are doesn't match your popularity yet, mm-hmm. and it's not until later where for poor Masvidal, he's late in his career or later in his career. And now he's matched up against guys who are not great matchups for him. Mm -hmm. And his popularity is the highest it's ever been, but his fighting skill is not up to to maybe what it would have been. Well, at least, you know, he got the Mazva or he got the, um, the uh, Askren knockout, you know, kind of probably at the peak of his uh, ability as a fighter, you know, um, so, you know, and he cashed in and, and, you know, and he's still cashing in, but, and he's not quite into Chuck Liddell territory yet, but He's closer to that than he is to GSP. Put it that way. <laughs> um, so, uh, what is uh, what is up with the uh, UFC show this weekend? Is there what what interest yeah. is is there for you on the show? Well, so the main event is um, the. It's basically almost very similar to last week in that it's two, you know, highly ranked heavyweights uh, going against each other. It's uh, De- uh, Curtis Blades and Chris Dalkus. Now, Chris Dalkus is a guy that. Um, you Ryan you, you I, pegged you pegged Dalkus yep. as, as a future guy. 
I did at the end of 2020. And by the end of 2021, he was main eventing against yeah. Derek Lewis. And this will be his second straight main event. And Curtis Blades is a guy that, you know, after his last fight, everybody thought he was going to leave the UFC because his contract was over. And he's one of those guys that is tough to book because he's going to beat everybody but the top guys. And the problem is, is, you know, all he's doing is killing contenders when you put him in fights. So he was a guy that was a prime candidate that UFC wouldn't renew his contract. But there wasn't really a lot of interest out there from the other promotions. Bellator isn't really spending money right now. PFL's uh, high-priced free agents didn't really work out last season. So they re-signed um, Blades, and they've got him in here in, in a main event against another rising contender. And Blades, you know, he's lost twice to Francis Ngannou, and he lost to Derek Lewis, but he was knocked out in the first in the second round in a fight that he was winning. Yeah. So, you know, like, this is where this is where he is. So he could knock out Chris Daukas. He's also an, an outstanding wrestler, but Daukas is an outstanding wrestler as well. So I, I think this is a really interesting fight. And if um, if if Daukas wins, he completely rebounds from the Derek Lewis loss. But if he loses, he's done as a contender. So it's got a lot of stakes. And it's an ESPN show. The whole card's on ESPN. And there's a lot of big names on the show. Uh, Matt Brown, probably the biggest name to casual fans. He's fighting uh, Brian Barberina. Um, we got Kai Car France, who I know you like, uh, yep. flyweight. Uh, Neil Magny, yeah, Neil Magny, Max Griffin is on the prelims. That's a big welterweight fight. Uh, Sarah McMahon, former Olympian, JD, wow, she's a big still fan fight. Of. She's she's still in the mix. She is, yeah, at bantamweight. Jennifer Maya, former title challenger. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of a lot of big names on the card. Co-main event is Joanne Wood, the former Joanne Calderwood, against Alexa Grasso, who probably will get a title shot if she wins this. So, you know, a lot of stakes, a lot of big names. Like, again, like probably every card. If you watch, you know, half dozen to a dozen UFC shows a year, you probably recognize a name in just about every one of these fights. So it's a, it's a good good show. Is it is it going to be at, at a real building or is it back at the yeah. Apex? No, okay. no, no, no. They're, um, they're in Columbus. So this is uh, the second week in a row that Fight Night is on the road. And they're at the Nationwide Arena in Columbus. And... I, last we heard, there was about 200 tickets left, so it's going to wow. sell out. Amazing. They have not had an unsold ticket since they came back, you know, from the pandemic. So then next week is a pay-per-view from um, Jacksonville, and then they're back in the Apex until June. Um, and then I think, like, it looks like maybe the, they're going to go on the road starting in July. But, you know, they they make a lot of money going to, going out of the Apex. Like, But those shows, like... Yeah. they're so bad to watch at this point now, especially now that we see like that London crowd last week yeah. was so great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we gushed about that on in the clinch this week, Patty, the baddie and Molly, the meatball. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, did you hear my conversation with JD about Gable Steveson? I, I heard uh, the first part of it. So um, the Gable Steveson talked about, possibly doing the Brock Lesnar route, starting okay. in wrestling and then maybe trying to do uh, do the UFC after, you know, doing the pro wrestling thing. And I was talking to JD about, you know, when Brock did it, uh, you know, the, the heavyweight division, you know, th- there were some good fighters, but I don't think the skill level as far as overall MMA fighters, mixed martial artists is even close to what it is now. And I was saying how I think it, you know, it'd be much harder for Gable Steveson to kind of dump in, even at the uh, as great of an athlete as he is. You know, we saw Greg Hardy try try and do it, and uh, you know he did okay, but you know a lot of lot of setups. Um, what do you think about someone like Steveson 
you know, going like, ah, you know, I'll do the pro wrestling thing. And then maybe we'll try some MMA. It just seems like it, you know, even as young as he is, it seems like it would be so much harder to do these days. So preface this by saying I didn't hear what JD had to say about that. But my thoughts are he'd be better off going the other way around, going into MMA first. Yeah. And then doing the pro wrestling, because I think that the, the skills in amateur wrestling more better translate to MMA than they do to pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is a completely different game, um, even though it's wrestling. Like, I think amateur wrestling is more similar to UFC than amateur wrestling is to pro wrestling. So mm. if he conquers pro wrestling, he's going to be learning. He's basically going to be learning how not to hurt people. So it's it's almost untraining you for UFC. So for Brock to do what he did, like you said, there's no way he would do that now. Um, you know, he'd be a draw. Yeah. But, you know, it's like CM Punk. Like, if you can't fight, you can't fight. Um, <laughs> I think, obviously, he's going to do better than CM Punk. But he's probably not going to be winning a world title. But but if he came in now and they built him up properly, put him on some of these regional shows, and then, you know, like a Greg Hardy, put him on that path. Yeah. I think he's got more natural skills for MMA than Greg Hardy did. Yeah. Um, it's a matter of whether or not he can punch. And we don't know that. Like, he hasn't yeah. done any of that. So, um, and we saw Aaron Pico. That's probably a better comparison. And Pico was been, that was the one that that JD yeah. uh, also made, and and he's pretty successful. But I mean, they did a terrible job with matchmaking with him. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's recovered and he's doing okay now. But he had a couple losses, like he lost to um, Adam Borix, and Borix is like one of the top fifteen featherweights in the world. They never should have matched him up with yeah. that guy. Yeah. So you know that early in his career, he could probably fight him now. But yeah, so I'm I'd I'd think I'd I'd feel better about it if he went into UF, UFC first. So I think if he and he could make good money if he if he clicks into pro wrestling, he'll be set for life. He doesn't need to ever get hit in the face for real unless he wants to. All right, let's quickly switch gears. Uh you are on your own road to WrestleMania back yeah. to seeing live wrestling. <laughs> uh so what did have you figured out which shows you're actually going to attend? Well, um, I, I'm hoping like, again, it's gonna, when you say a road to WrestleMania, it's a very literal road where, and if you Google Winnipeg to Dallas, they, you see it on the map, it's a straight shot. south. so we are leaving on Wednesday morning, God willing, uh, there's, you know, um, people that listen to the Patreon will know there, yes. there's a chance we may not go, but I'm hoping still hoping at this point. Um, but we leave Wednesday morning. So my goal is to get to Omaha by Wednesday night, stay in Omaha or around there, maybe pop into Stevie J's place. He can turn on the grill. <laughs> and then uh, and then on the way, and then the second night, get to Dallas. So if we can get to Dallas Thursday night, that leaves Friday free all day. And then I'll try to get to, I want to get to the Ring of Honor show and I want to get to the uh, Multiverse show. The Aren't Impact those show. at the exact same time though? No, I think they're like two hours apart. Okay. So I don't need to see the whole show. The the other one I would not mind seeing, but I think it's like at midnight or something. The New Japan show. Um, I, I, I like D- Dave and Brian were talking this morning. Yeah, and it sounded like all three of those shows were at very similar no. times. Because I, I mean, Filthy Tom is wrestling on the Strong Show, so I said I want to go to that. And my daughter has a Filthy Tom shirt, so I'd kind of like to get a picture of them together. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think that'll happen at some point on the weekend, anyways. But and then I, I'm definitely, I think, going to go to the NXT show on uh, Saturday morning. I'm trying to get comped for that. Um, but if not, I'll pay for the tickets and that'll just be me. Like I'll just be going by myself. Yeah. And then my, 
the whole family's going to mania for both nights so awesome uh, yeah yeah that'll be fun and you know if the daughter doesn't do very well in a crowd uh her favorite is is wrestling on the first night so we'll yeah. uh you know then they can sit on the adjust. second show yeah yeah or sit out you know like they you know they won't mind staying in the hotel room while i go to the show if, if that's the case but i'm actually super excited for the show like i mean you've been you know, you've been waiting yeah, well, compared to, you know what, I'll say compared to like AEW or, you know, pretty much any promotion on the planet, like their their build is terrible. But compared to like their normal build for a pay-per-view, like this is off the charts. Like I, I kind of I, agree. I, yeah. I, I was talking to Andrew on We're Live Pal and I was saying, yeah. you know, when the match was announced until now, are you do you feel better about the match? Do you feel worse? You're talking about Lesnar Reigns? So all the or, all the all top them. matches, okay. and okay. I think the only one that I thought maybe hasn't that maybe I was more excited for when it was announced is the Ronda match. Like I think they're over, they're killing us over the head with them just fighting every week. Okay, um, but all of the other matches, I think the at least the top ones like Reigns and Lesnar has been awesome. It's fun seeing Brock Lesnar's a baby face, even Bianca and Becky as as uh, you know that they're not quite at the ronda charlotte level but they've been mixing it up a lot mm -hmm. i still think that uh that I, i'm i'm excited i feel like that's going to be like the the match the sleeper match of the weekend i, I feel like they're just going to bust it in in that match because they're kind of overshadowed a little bit and they they uh i think like they i think they want to prove that they should have been the main event yeah i so, think there's there's, yeah. there's there's some good stuff there uh and then you know the austin thing like that's the big mm -hmm. wild card right like what are yeah. we going to get uh so and that's yeah. on and the awesome thing is on saturday right yes so i guess there's a chance that that could end up being both nights and i think that's what some people are thinking like they have a confrontation the first night and then an actual match um so i for me i i'm actually i've really been into the ronda charlotte thing because i think especially the last couple of weeks like ronda's getting beat up and you can see it in her face like she wants to kill charlotte so you know like and and i so i think like she came out as smiley happy ronda for a while and now she's back to being mean, but she's not mad at the fans. She's mad at Charlotte. So I'm kind of really digging that. But I know I'm in the minority. Um, and and honestly, like when I when I think about all the matches, you know, the big ones anyways, like I can't think of any match. Like the, the women's tag has been terrible. Like, you know, that, that set up. But I'm into the men's tag. You know, I'm assuming it's going to be a three-way. They haven't officially announced that yet. Um, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, yeah. You know, but pretty much everything else, I'm kind of kind of really into, and I think they've done a good job with. Balor Priest has been lazy, but that's you know whatever. You can't promote every single match. Yeah. All right. Um. So just last night, you and uh, Jeff Hawkins put up the Dynamite show. Mm -hmm. Uh, it seems like uh, he liked the show a little bit more than you did. I I really loved his comment about because Jeff does stand up and you know he's he's done improv stuff. So when he talks about you know, Wheeler Yuta and, and like, I almost feel like they should just hire Jeff and help him <laughs> help these guys out backstage. But so, so I, I mentioned this on the fight game podcast, but so obviously Tony has Wheeler. He's got uh, Lee Moriarty. Uh, he's got Daniel Garcia. And these are kind of younger guys who are not overexposed. They're, they're losing a lot, but I was like, all those guys are great. They're, they're young. We also have a guy like Jay Lethal who ticks every single box that they possibly want, and he should not be at the same level as these guys. He should be higher than these guys. So he's got a he's got some 
you know, some balancing acts to, to do. But I, I was watching that show going like, man, Jay Lethal is everything he wants these other guys to be. And yet we never see Jay Lethal on TV. No. And, and then there's other guys like, you know, Jonathan Grisham, I assume, is going to come in at some point. He'd be perfect for that Danielson Moxley yeah. group, I think. Uh, Josh Woods. Um, has been killing it on dark and he's mm. another one that's like the style is just right right there like if you like filthy tom like that's basically the you know they're almost the same guy except woods is younger um i uh yeah like they're, they're he, so... he wears booty shorts too no no but i mean just the, <laughs> the wrestling style um but he, i think he wears shorts like he's, <laughs> he's a little underdressed uh, <laughs> um but yeah like i we had that discussion actually to kick off the show last night like for you know after i did my little personal thing we did yeah. like 10 minutes on you know kind of carrying on the conversation that kevin ely and james mcdaniel had on the boom on the weekend about too many guys too many top guys you know um because they got all these guys even like, like keith lee and a swerve scott like they almost seem lost in the shuffle at the, already, you know, like, and Swerve Scott's kind of like the rampage guy. It's like, is he, that... he, I mean, he, I think he's going to get me to watch rampage though, which I sure, have not watched, which is I'm sure in, the in intent. Right. And I'm really looking forward to that match too. But I mean, he went from one show where it gets watched by 600,000 people to another show that's watched by 600,000 people. So it's yeah. kind of a sideways step, but I'm, you know, he is getting featured, you know, he's getting promo segments on dynamite. And I do think Tony's got big plans for him. Yeah. Um, and hopefully Keith Lee too, because I'm, I really like both those dudes. All right. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on you all of next week. Check I'll keep in. you guys updated. We're going to, we're going to have a big, we're going to have so much content for WrestleMania weekend next week in <laughs> on the Patreon and the fight game media free network on the website, on the YouTube channel. We're going to just, we're blowing it up big time. So, um, so yeah, so Paul, if he's going to be there, we may get him to call in. We'll see. Get I'll, some I'll have my stories. Stuff. I'll have my stuff. I can and, even do and, a little and, video. And, yeah. And so we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, big, big stuff and uh, happy that you're going to get to go. Cause I know you've been sort of envious of, of the, <laughs> the, the last shows that we've been able to do. And also, you know, hundred percent best wishes, hopes, prayers, everything. So I just for got you, an update. Wife. I yes. literally just got an update. Came in two minutes ago. Uh, they want to keep her till Monday, maybe Tuesday, but they think she can do the trip. She awesome. might be a little, she might be a little woozy from the meds, but yeah, you know, she can do the trip. So that's cool. You, so it, you, it's looking good. You married a tough person. Jesus. Uh, I married up. I'll just say that, like, <laughs> you know, I way up, way up, way up. So I'm all lucky. right. I'm lucky. all right. All right. Don't, don't, don't cut your de- cut yourself short either though you're you're a really you're a really terrific human being okay um thanks to jd thanks to chris samsa thanks to uh my my normal co-host here paul uh, i'm double g we will see you when we see you peace out when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.